Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 11, Text number 19. Text 19. Vara mukyas chasataso Vara mukyas chasataso Yanaita darshanot sukaha Yanaita darshanot sukaha Lasat kundala nirbataha. Lasat kundala nirbata. Kapalova dana sriya. Kapalova dana sriya. Paramukyascha sataso Yenaita darshano tsuka Lasat kundala nirbata Kapalo vandana shriya Paramukyascha sataso Yanaita darshano utsaka Lasat kundala nirbata Kapala vandana sriya Word for word. Paramukya, well-known prostitutes. Cha. And satasaha, hundreds of yanai by vehicles, tat darshana for meeting him, Lord Sri Krishna, utsukaha, very much anxious, last, uh, excuse me, lasat, hanging, kundala. Earrings, nirbata, dazzling, kapola, forehead, vadana, face, shriya, beauty. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Shri A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shri Prabhupada Ki. Translation, at the same 
time, many hundreds of well-known prostitutes began to proceed on various vehicles. They were all very eager to meet the Lord. And their beautiful faces were decorated with dazzling earrings, which enhanced the beauty of their foreheads. Please repeat, at the same time, many hundreds of well-known prostitutes began to proceed on various vehicles. They were all very eager to meet the Lord, and their beautiful faces were decorated with dazzling earrings, excuse me, which enhanced the beauty of their foreheads. Purport. We may not, excuse me, purport, by His Divine Grace, the A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Shri Prabhupada Ki. We may not hate even the prostitutes if they are devotees of the Lord. Even to date, there are many prostitutes in great cities of India who are sincere devotees of the Lord. By tricks of chance, one may be obliged to adopt a profession which is not very adorable in society, but that does not hamper one in executing devotional service to the Lord. Devotional service to the Lord is uncheckable in all circumstances. It is understood herewith that even in those days, about 5,000 years ago, there were prostitutes in a city like Dwarka, where Lord Krishna resided. This means that prostitutes are necessary citizens for the, up, for the proper upkeep of society. The government opens wine shops, but this does not mean that the government encourages the drinking of wine. The idea is that there is a class of men who will drink at any cost, and it has been experienced that prohibition in great cities encouraged illicit smuggling of wine. Similarly, men who are not satisfied at home require such concessions, and if there is no prostitute, then such low men will induce others into prostitution. It is better that prostitutes be available in the marketplace so that the sanctity of society can be maintained. It is better to maintain a class of prostitutes than to encourage prostitutes within society. The real reformation, the real reformation is to enlighten all people to become devotees of the Lord, and that will check all kinds of deteriorating factors of life. Srila Bilvamangal Thakur, the great Acharya of the Vishnu Swami Vaishnava sect, in his householder life, was overly attracted to a prostitute who happened to be a devotee of the Lord. One night, when the Takur came to Chintamani's house in torrents of rain and thunder, Chintamani was astonished to see how the Takur could come on such a dreadful night after crossing a foaming river which was full of waves. She said to, the, she said to Takur Bilva Mungal, that his attraction for the flesh and bone of an insignificant woman like her would be properly utilized if it could be diverted to the devotional service of the Lord 
to achieve attraction for the transcendental beauty of the Lord. It was a momentous hour for the Takur. And he took a turn towards spiritual realization by the words of a prostitute. Later on, the Takur accepted the prostitute as his spiritual master. And in several, pra- and in several places of his literary works, he has glorified the name of Chintamani, who showed him the right path. In Bhagavad Gita 9, chapter 9, text 32, the Lord says, O son of Prata, even the low-born Chandalas and those who are born in a family of unbelievers and even the prostitutes shall attain perfection of life if they take shelter of unalloyed devotional service to me. Because in the path of devotional service, there are no impediments due to degraded birth and occupation. The path is open for everyone who agrees to follow it. It appears that the prostitutes of Dwarka, who were so eager to meet the Lord, were all his unalloyed devotees. And thus, they were all on the path of salvation, according to the above, of, to the above version of the Bhagavad Gita. Therefore, the only reformation that is necessary in society is to make an organized effort to turn citizens into devotees of the Lord. And thus, all good qualities of the denizens of heaven will overtake them in their own way. On the other hand, those who are non-devotees have no good qualifications whatsoever. However, they may be materially advanced. The difference is that the devotees of the Lord are on the path of liberation, whereas the devotees Excuse me, whereas the non-devotees are on the path of further entanglement in material bondage. The criterion of advancement of civilization is whether the people are educated and advanced on the path of salvation. Omagani Om Agani Tirmanandasya Jananjanan Salakaya Chakshuru and Militam Jaina Tasma Shri Guruvena Maha Shri Chaitanya Minobisham Shapitam Jaina Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadanti Sva Padantikam. I was born in the darkest ignorance, and my spiritual master is opening my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I offer my humble obeisances under the dust of his lotus feet. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale. Shimati Tamal Krishna Goswami Nitinamani Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swami Nitinamani Namaste Saraswati Devi Gauravani Pracharine Nirvisesha Sunyavadi Pashkachade Shatarine Banchakopa Tarubhascha Kripa Sindhavasivacha Patitanam Pavanebio Vaishnavabio Namona Maha Jaisi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasari Gora Bhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So we're hearing from the Srimad Bhagavatam, the spotless Purana. This Purana, this beautiful Srimad Bhagavatam has arisen in the dark age of Kali to give light to the ignorant people of Kali Yuga to give us to dispel the darkness darkness of ignorance right darkness is akin to ignorance 
And so when you get light, it dispels darkness. It dispels ignorance. So we're reading from the Bhagavatam to dispel the ignorance of this material world, which is constantly degrading and uh, attacking us, right? Maya is so strong. So we're hearing here a very, very interesting verse. Uh, there were prostitutes in Dwarka. Did anybody know that? Before they read this, I didn't know that. Amazing, huh? Well, this is the way society is ordered, right? Uh, Prabhupada points out in the purport in the same way that um, uh, we have uh, canine teeth, right? Has everybody seen the little incisors that we have on either side? They're little sharp teeth, and on the top and below, right? What if we're if we eat grains and and nuts and fruits? What do we need those for, right? We don't. But it's an accommodation, right? That's made because Krishna knows he he creates the body in such a way he knows you're going to get a choice. You're gonna have a choice. If you want to eat meat, well, you gotta, you're gonna, I know you want to do it, right? So he, he has to engage us and he has to help us a little bit with that. And it's all part of the material world. It's like, he didn't give us the teeth, canine teeth, because he wants us to eat meat, right? He didn't order society to have prostitutes because he wants us to go to prostitutes, right? But they're there because some people are gonna make that decision, that's what they want to do, right? And it's like that in anything, uh, any sinful activity. You gotta be empowered to do even that. Isn't that amazing? Everything is a question of empowerment, right? Empowerment by the, the forces of nature, the modes of material nature are affecting us. And, and the demigods are in charge and they, they give out benediction and they give down punishment. And so we're suffering from all these things. So even we want to do sinful things, you have to be empowered to do sinful things. You want to do good things, you want to do Krishna conscious things, you have to be empowered to do it, right? Especially empowerment uh, in, in devotional uh, matters is a matter of the mercy of the guru, right? It's Krishna's energy and you're involved in it. And you have to qualify yourself, you have to purify yourself. Then you get the energy to preach, right? You get the energy to spread Krishna consciousness. You get the desire to give others books and you learn how to do it. And you learn how to be a nice uh, representative of Krishna, right? So that's real empowerment, right? The kind of empowerment you get for uh, material sense enjoyment is not is not so high, right? It's not the same kind of empowerment. It's just maya. It's just the material energy. So... We're sitting here and we're in the material world and we're being empowered all the time. We're being affected by the material energy, by unlimited wants, desires, uh, problems, idedavic, idebotic, idiotmic. All these things are constantly bombarding us with difficulties and problems, right? Uh, problems of our mind, right? Oh my God, does our mind just give us problems all the time? Little insects, right? Insects are bugging us all the time. Animals, uh, other people, other sometimes devotees. You know, there's there's cataclysmic events, right? There's there's uh, tornadoes, there's uh, hurricanes. My gosh, just just in the last 10, 15, 20 years alone, how many hurricanes have hit the Gulf Coast of the United States, the Atlantic Coast of the United States? You know, one of them flooded New York. I mean, flooded Manhattan, you know, and it's like, 
We sit there and go, oh no, I can, I can enjoy Manhattan. I can enjoy this world. It's okay. You know, I'll be all right. And so we, we're, we're, we're just going forward thinking that, uh, things will, things will be okay. We'll, we'll be all right. Uh, I can enjoy a little bit. I can, uh, I can have all these nice things and, uh, and actually I'll, I'll find ways to enjoy these things even more. And you know, I, I have a wife. And she was young and beautiful one time. <coughs> Excuse me, but she's getting a little older now. You know, we don't get along so well sometimes. And so I'll go out and I'll find another woman. You know, I want to enjoy myself uh, materially uh, in a sexual way. And so uh, low-class people do that. We're given this knowledge to rise up above our lower-class natures, right? Um this is, um, Prabhupada, um, makes it, uh, makes us understand through the purport. You know, because when you first read it, oh my gosh, there's prostitutes in Dwarka. And they were, uh, the thing about these prostitutes though is that they're all devotees of Krishna, right? They live in Dwarka. And no one else in Dwarka, you know, no one's gonna live in Dwarka without really being super in love with Krishna, right? They're, they're gonna be very, very attached to Krishna. And they're very beautiful, beautiful ladies. And they were so eager to meet Krishna that that makes you even more attractive, right? When you're really excited and happy, you know, your face becomes full of, of joy and, and your eyes open wider, right? And you get a big smile. And so you can just imagine how Krishna would enjoy with the residents of Dwarka as he, as he moves among them, they're all like, Krishna, you know, they're, they're seeing him. They haven't seen him in so many, like, years, right? Cause he's been gone a long time, Battle of Kurukshetra, maybe at least months. He's been gone. They're finally back. These are, uh, Krishna's own, uh, uh, beloved devotees. And so, they're so eager to see Krishna and, uh, they they come on their own vehicles and they so there's vehicles in Dwarka too. And they have dazzling earrings which enhance the beauty of their foreheads. So they're they've dressed themselves very beautifully to to attract Krishna nicely. And this is what the gopis do, right? And this is what we do. Why do we dress in Dodi and Kurta, right? Because Krishna sees us and ostensibly we know Krishna likes that. He likes to see People dressed in that way because the residents of, of Vaikuntha, that's the way they dress. So we dress this way. It's a, it's a hassle, you know, sometimes in, in it's, it's not, uh, you know, going out in public. People look at you funny, right? And it's like, you know, some people say, you know, they're pajamas, right? Well, they're not pajamas, you know, but they are super comfortable, right? <laughs> so... We sometimes wear them when we go out. And the more that we can wear it when we go out, then people will might ask us, why are you wearing that? <laughs> you know, why are you wearing your pajamas? Well, you don't get mad, right? They're not pajamas. One, 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 I was wearing a dhoti at a checkout line one time, I think it was at Whole Foods. And the guy checking me out said, uh, said, what's with the dress? <laughs> I said, it's not a dress. <laughs> It's a doty. It folds up, so it's not, you know, it's not a dress, you know. And I, 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 I fought back the desire to get mad, right? <laughs> Don't get mad, right? Just say it nicely. No, you know, it's not a dress. It's called a doty. It's, it's from the Hare Krishna temple. 
have you been to our temple? <laughs> right? It gives us an opportunity to invite somebody and say, hey, you know, yeah, this is a pretty uh, interesting uh, uh, you know, thing that we're wearing. You know, it's, it's our outfit. It's our outer clothing. And we wear it for a spiritual purpose. There's no other reason to wear a dhoti and kurta, you know, than for a spiritual purpose. And so, if we dress differently when we come to the temple from how we dress at home, it does affect our consciousness, right? It does, it does help us a little bit to think, okay, I'm in dhoti and kurta, right? So, um, of course, uh, you know, this is a big issue because we have Krishna West and, and so devotees are talking about this a lot, right? But you don't, just like, uh, you know, if, if you're unfortunate enough to, to be in the business of being a prostitute, that's not good, right? That's a drag. So you want to be Krishna conscious anyway, right? So the same thing is true of Krishna West. If you're going to wear jeans and you're going to wear a shirt, you don't want to put on a dhoti akurta, fine. Don't put it on, but be Krishna conscious, right? Go out in the world and spread Krishna consciousness. Now, for certain things, it will never change. Like you go on the altar, you gotta wear dhoti kurta, right? And it has to be clean cloth and you, you bathe, you know, bathe before you go on the altar, fresh tea lock. And then that's a, that's, that's not just for, uh, our, it, it, it's for the respect of the deity, you know? But it also affects our consciousness. If we're clean, we, we wouldn't want to go on the altar being unclean. You know, it, it's just the whole thing. When you clean yourself and, you know, you haven't used the bathroom in hours, you take a shower, you put on a nice uh, clean cloth, dhoti kurta, and you go on the altar, it enhances your ability to serve the deity nicely, right? So clothing and, and, and outer things, they do affect us, and they affect how, we, how we're able to... Uh, Interact with the, with what we're trying to do in a nice way. But what's most important is that whatever we're, we're wearing or whatever we do, wherever we find ourselves right now, right? Be Krishna conscious, you know. We're gonna go out in the world and we're gonna preach to people that we're struggling with hardcore addictions, with hardcore misunderstandings of the material world, right? They think their body is the all in all. And having an attractive body is the only important thing. And having a lot of money is the only important thing. And we have to convince them, we have to tell them about Krishna consciousness so that we can create a better society. Because the society where people are just obsessed with themselves and money and, and material enjoyment is going over a cliff, right? It's just going right over a cliff. Because they're not engaging in the in the functions that will make society livable that will make society a nice place to be if everyone's degraded you're going to have a very degraded atmosphere you're not going to have the kind of atmosphere where uh devotional service can really be uh practiced in a, in a nice way. So so we have a little pocket here of devotional service, right? You come to the temple and you do devotional service. But what happens when you go outside? <laughs> you know, do you just immediately adopt the material enjoyment and uh, forget all what I did in a temple? The second you're out of here, oh boy, now it's time to enjoy, right? I'm going to put on different clothes. I'm going to go out and try to enjoy myself. 
So this is the difficulty that devotees face. It's the difficulty that everyone faces, that we're, we're constantly given a choice to do things for ourselves, to plan and execute enjoyment for ourselves, for our mind, senses, intelligence, right? Or are we going to use those things, our mind, intelligence, our senses, are we going to use those things to please Krishna? If we do that, we will get greater joy than we could ever get from the material enjoyments of this of this temporary world, right? <laughs> Excuse me. We will get so much more satisfaction, so much more bliss in a in in, in a deeper way, right? In a spiritual way that you know is real, right? Like you know that no matter how much you're enjoying some material thing, you get a pizza, you go to a movie, you buy a motor car, you buy uh, a sporting set, right? No matter what you go and get, it's not going to be there forever. The sporting thing's going to break, you know, and you can only do sports so much. Sports are good. It's good to keep the body in good shape. But, you know, trying to just... Well, I'm going to spend money and go watch people do sports. It's like, you know, okay, well, I'm sitting here. I've got nothing to do. Give me some popcorn. Give me some meat to eat. Give me some intoxication. Then I'm going to go out after. And so your your, your mind is not really focusing in a, in a way where you're getting the real bliss. Instead, you're getting temporary satisfaction. It's not even satisfaction. It's not even happiness, really. It's just a cessation of 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 unpleasantness, right? Well, I'm going to, you know, I, 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 I eat, you know, I'm going to get a pizza. I eat this pizza. Now I'm satisfied. But, you know, you're hungry again very soon. It, it, it doesn't provide the same uh, satisfaction. And particularly, if you go out and you go and buy a pizza in a shop, right? And you'll say, okay, you know, make sure there's no meat on it, <laughs> Right? You know, it's a meat-free pizza, so I'm, I'm still vegetarian, but you don't know what's in the sauce, you don't know what's in it, so you take it, you're gambling, right? That's one, of, we're not supposed to gamble, and that's a gamble. If you, if you buy some, now you might ask the people that cook it, you ask the cook, you know, is there any meat product in here? No, no, no meat, you know, okay. So you're taking a chance, so number one, you're gambling. Number two, it's, it's a pizza made by somebody else, it's made by a non-devotee, and that non-devotee, when they when they deal with grains, right, and they cook the grains, their consciousness goes into the grains in a, in a, in a way because they're putting their effort into it. So it affects that that thing that you eat that they made affects your consciousness, right? Because of the person who made it, right? It kind of makes sense, you know. Birds of a feather flock together. You're influenced by the 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 modes that that are affecting the people that you're interacting with. So if you eat that pizza, okay, it, it satisfies you, it's tasty, you're not hungry anymore. But is it, it's not the same as eating a pizza that a devotee cooked, right? Where did this pizza come from? Well, so-and-so cooked it and offered it to their deities at home. And so you have this beautiful prashad, you know, you have prashadam. And some people might argue, does Krishna eat cheese? Well, there's an awful lot of devotees eating a lot of pizza in this movement. So there's no way to say Krishna doesn't eat cheese. I think he eats cheese, right? And he loves curd. We know that. 
the thing with cheese is, is it's, it's a little bit of a, like a spoiled curd, right? To get that, to make it into what it is, the cheesy flavor instead of just being curd. So some people, some persons say, well, you can't offer that to Christian. We don't offer that to Kalachanji. We don't offer it on the altar. But Prabhupada is the Acharya, and so he's no, we made a concession. So for us, you know, Prabhupada talked to Krishna and said, hey, please accept cheese, because they're going to offer a lot of pizzas to you. So devotees eat cheese pizzas, right? And we put vegetarian items on them. And so these pizzas are different. They're not the same as, as a material store-bought or going to a shop and that somebody else made this pizza. It's not the same. And you can't like say, well, I'll buy a frozen pizza, I'll cook it up, and I'll offer it to Krishna. Is that the same? No. You don't know what's in the pizza. You didn't do very much to make it. So what's what's the standard? I'm going to get some flour, and I'm going to make the dough, and I'm going to get a recipe, and I'm going to make the sauce, and I'm going to get the cheese. And we, we, only, we, we only eat, buy and eat Cheese that's made with a vegetable rennet, right? So, cause cheese usually they can, they use a, a substance from a sheep's stomach. The, the lining of a sheep's stomach is a rennet, rennet that makes ordinary cheese, right? So we go to Whole Foods or we go to a special shop and we buy cheese that was made with a vegetable rennet or no rennet, right? No animal product even was used to make this cheese. And so we, we, Put that on the pizza. And if you do all of that, right? You go through all of that problem, all of that trouble to make a pizza for Krishna and you offer it to Krishna's picture, right? You offer it to your guru and the parampara and to Krishna and to Gornitai. They're all going to eat it, right? You offer it to your spiritual master. He offers it to his spiritual master. He offers it to his spiritual master. They offer it to Gornitai, to the deities, to Krishna. That's the line. We, we serve our spiritual master. He gives to Krishna. We don't. So it's, it's so nice that when you do that and you spend all the time to make the pizza and then you honor that pizza, you're like, wow, look at all what I did to make this pizza for Krishna. The ingredients all came from him, but I was able to manipulate it and turn it into something nice and offered it with love, right? You might say, well, I just cooked it because I wanted to eat pizza, right? Okay, that's true. But there was also the fact that you did it for Krishna because you wanted to eat it, but there was still some love in that, right? There was still love in that because you did it for the Lord. And you said, Lord, I want you to enjoy this. I tried to make it as best I could. And I could have gone and bought you a store-bought pizza or a frozen one and just thrown that on the, given that to you, but I didn't, right? So there's love in that. There's effort. It shows. How much more love is there if we say, Krishna, what do you like to eat? I've made you a pizza because I like pizza, but what about you? What do you like to eat? Can I make that for you? And do we, we know what Krishna eats, right? Rice, dal, sabjis, pakoras, puris, chapatis, in an unlimited variety. Think of that. How many varieties of puris can we make? 
you know, you put stuff in it, you know, different grains. You can make a, quite a few puris, maybe a couple hundred different variety of a puri. But Krishna eats unlimited qua, qua, different kinds of puris every single time he eats. Krishna can do that. There can be unlimited variation because it's spiritual. I mean, try to wrap your head around that. Isn't that amazing? You know, I pretty much eat the same thing, right? You know, my wife cooks or I cook. It's, it's kind of similar, you know. Sometimes it's changed a little bit. Say, wow, honey, what'd you do? This is interesting. It's a little different. It's good. It worked out really good. But the point is, is that you do it nicely for Krishna. You don't have to do it differently, right, every time you make it for Krishna. You want to do it nicely. And so you follow a recipe, right? You follow a recipe until you're really good at doing it. Then you might not need to follow the recipe because you've had training. You know, you've been trained up and you know how to do this really nicely. And so we want to, we, the, the, that shows us there's the various levels of Krishna consciousness, right? At first when we start out, we, we might make Krishna a cheese sandwich, right? <laughs> okay, where'd you get the bread? <laughs> Maybe at the store or okay, okay, you get a little more advanced, you buy a bread maker, right? And you make your own bread. And then you get, you make Krishna a sandwich, right? Offer the, Krishna, I made this bread. That took some time. You know, you, you, you have to expend some energy. There's some love there. So then the higher level is you find out, well, Krishna, we don't know that Krishna really eats bread. I don't know if that's stated in the, in the, in the Bhagavatam or the descriptions of what Krishna eats, but we know he eats subjis. And what about Lord Chaitanya? He especially likes shock, right? He loves green leafy vegetables cooked, you know, spinach and kale and all these varieties. And when you eat shock that's been cooked really nicely, not, you know, just like boiled spinach, right? Did you get that when you were a kid? Did you ever have to eat that? Just some boiled spinach. Man, there's no way. It's, it's, it's not tasty. It's not flavored. I mean, you know, it just doesn't taste good. If a devotee makes it, you know, my, my parent, my mom would cook. It was just not, it was maybe flavored with some salt. You know, I don't want to criticize mom, you know, but she did a great job, you know. But spinach was not one of our favorites, you know. And in fact, we wouldn't touch it. My brother and I would not eat spinach, you know, because it didn't taste nice. Number one, it wasn't cooked right. Number two, it didn't have the right spices. Number three, it wasn't offered to Krishna. (laughs) So if you offer it to Krishna, you make sure you cook it nicely in a way he likes. Lord Chaitanya will eat it. Krishna eats it. Their saliva is on the prasadam. The, the prashad that's just been offered to the Lord, they, they ate. They just ate. The Lord's just ate their breakfast. All of the deities just ate their breakfast. Four plates go up. One plate is for the guru. The other three are for all the sets of deities on the altar. That prashad's sitting there right now. It's nectar. It has the, it has the saliva from the, from Krishna himself. And you say, well, saliva, that sounds gross. I don't want to, I don't want anybody's saliva, right? You know, saliva. If it's Krishna's saliva, it's not material. It's completely spiritual. Krishna's body is not made of bones, flesh, blood, blood vessels, veins, organs. <laughs> Krishna doesn't have vital organs, right? 
We have vital organs all inside us. If they don't work just right all the time, you're done, right? The body breaks down. The body is material. It's a machine. Krishna's body, complete pureness, pure, complete spiritual purity. Sat, Chit, Ananda, Vigraha. He is the form of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. That's what Krishna's body is made of. Eternity, knowledge, and bliss. <laughs> spiritual. Completely spiritual. So this eternal, the, the saliva that comes out of Krishna's mouth is eternity, knowledge, and bliss too, right? So if you go and eat the Mahaprasadam that's just been offered to the Lord, you're honoring, you're eating a little bit of Krishna, right? Eternity, knowledge, and bliss is in that. And you will feel blissful. You will feel energized. You will purify your existence if you only eat that food. Isn't that amazing? And you can do it yourself. You don't have to just only eat Maha Prashad. I mean, that's the best, right? Because they have good cooks, you know. Until you meet, like for me, if i got to qualify myself as a cook, I better start working at it because I'm not a great cook right now. But if I were to cook for Krishna every day, well, after a while, you get better at it, right? And then Krishna, you know, is pleased. The, the, the greater the quality of the, of the cooking, the more love that goes in it. Because love is shown by your action, right? Sincerity is shown by your action. I'm a very sincere devotee. If you're very sincere, it's not just when you're here, right? When you're at the temple. you got to be sincere when you're at home. Or you're, 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 you're confronted with the choices that were given in the outside world to enjoy or to, to serve Krishna. I can serve my senses or I can serve Krishna's senses. And so even if you're a prostitute, no matter what your profession is right now, you're a butcher, whatever you are now, just add Krishna. Add Krishna. And Krishna will uh, fix the situation. You won't have to be a butcher forever. You won't have to be a prostitute forever. So the prostitutes in Dwarka are all devotees of Krishna, pure devotees of Krishna. And Prabhupada gives us this amazing story of uh, Mangal Thakur. Does everyone know his story? He was attached to a prostitute named Chintamani. And Chintamani was a very beautiful uh, prostitute. And so, Bilva Mangal Thakur, he had to come some distance apparently to meet with her. So he had arranged a rendezvous. So he, he had his, 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 his evening was arranged. But to get there, there was a massive storm, right? Thunder, lightning, rain. He had to cross a huge river. That had giant waves and foam on it, right? So he's like, he sees this and he's like, I don't care. I have to see the prostitute, right? I have to go. So even as he's trying to swim across, he sees a log, right? A nice log, you know, a big wooden log. I'll hang on to the log. That'll help me. He swims to it. He, he grabs it. It's a dead body. <laughs> he's, ah! Let's go the body. So he's being whipped around by this, 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 this river he's crossing with huge waves and foams. And he, like, you know, he's risking his life, drowning, right? 
If lightning hits that water, it electrifies the whole thing. He'd be dead. Thunder, rain, pelting down, you know, wind, cold. He'd catch a pneumonia, you know, going in that. And he's in the water. And so he goes through all this. And then I think even the door to to her house was blocked. She was in an apartment or something and the door was locked. Because no one's going to be out on a night like this, Right? So they bar the door. <laughs> no one's going to come into the, you know, where the place where the prostitutes live. No one's, there's no business to know. No one's going to come. Because people are smarter than Bilbo Mungotagu. He's like so obsessed with this woman. He has to, he, he goes through all this. So he climbs up the trellis. Like he climbs up the outside <laughs> of the building to get up there. And, you know, he gets in her balcony, bangs on the door. And she probably was asleep and wakes up. What are you doing here? <laughs> Well, I came. Why would you come? Huh? Look at that river. <laughs> Did you cross that river? <laughs> and he's like, yes. That's how much I care about you. <laughs> That's how much I love, you know. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> You're out of your mind. If you had even 10% of that for Krishna, think what a devotee you'd be. Think if you used 100% of that affection and attachment and desire to enjoy with Chintamani, think if you had that desire to love and serve and enjoy with Krishna. And we don't try to enjoy with Krishna, right? That's artificial. We don't want to say, well, I'm going to serve Krishna so I get enjoyment. No, it's a concomitant factor. It's a result. It is the, it is what happens when you serve Krishna. You get bliss. You get spiritual enjoyment. But you, you, you're not doing it for the same reason that you want material enjoyment. You wanna, you wanna please Krishna. And the, and what happens as a result of pleasing Krishna in a big way is that you get pl- pleasure, bliss, satisfaction, love, joy because of the reciprocation of love with Krishna. So, Bilva Mangal Thakur was very intelligent too. So, he was so intelligent that despite being so attached to Chintamani, when she told him this, he went, wow, you're right. You know, you're absolutely right. If I was this way for Krishna, I, I could be a great devotee. And so, he accepted that the person who gives you good advice is your guru, right? So, he accepted Chintamani as his spiritual master. And he began, you know... Tell me more. You must know more about spiritual understanding. If you just told me this, tell me what you know. And so she told him more. And 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 so Bilba Mangal Thakur later on, he he was uh, traveling to holy places, and so you a sadhu gets to stay in a house with with you know other sadhus with uh, holy people. And householders would say, yes, holy person, come and stay with us. And they would feed feed him and give him a place to rest and, and stay. And so he was at a house one time. And the householder, the, the, the man of the house said to his wife, this is a sadhu, this holy man, whatever he asks you, you give him. So she was cooking for him. And she was she had they had prepared a room for him to stay or he was going to stay somewhere in the house. And as soon as he saw her, he, the Bilba Mangal he saw that she was a very, very beautiful woman and he desired to enjoy with her. 
And her husband had just ordered her, whatever he says, you do. So he knew he, he had, he, he could try to enjoy with this woman. And he said, he said, he said, Ma, did you get me your knitting needles? Do you have any needles that you use to knit thread, you know, or maybe make garlands? You know, we use needles for that, you know, get me some needles. She didn't know what she goes and gets him needles. Takes the needles and he pokes his eyes out with the needles. Can you imagine that? Just think about it. You'd have to, you know, it was not pleasant, you know, but he took out his eyes. He blinded himself purposely so that he would not see this beautiful form of womanhood, woman body in front of him because that's what, what was preventing him from being closer to Krishna. He was so attached to the, to the female form, to sense enjoyment, to women, that he knew he couldn't see any woman, or that would be a bar for him becoming a devotee and following what Shintamani told him to do. So he, he cuts out his eyes, and then he, he, he just does bhajan. He, he goes to the holy places. He becomes a very famous songwriter. Songwriter. He writes songs, devotional songs for Krishna. Today we have famous songwriters in the world, right? And what do they write about? You know, boys and girls and stupid stuff and drugs and whatever, right? But, and they're famous songwriters. But this was, he was a, a real songwriter because he wrote songs about Krishna. And he was blind, right? So he would just sit. And he would play tambura and he would chant. And sometimes he wouldn't have enough to eat. So one time this, this little boy came and began to bring him milk every day. Who was the little boy? Krishna. Krishna himself appeared as Krishna, as a little cowherd boy, and brought him milk. So he couldn't see Krishna but he could feel Krishna, right? <laughs> if Krishna's in the room, <laughs> is that an ordinary personality? No. So you, and also think of think of the level of bhakti of devotion that someone like this had, that Krishna himself would bring him milk to drink to nourish his body. You know, that's amazing, and. It's not to, uh, it's not beyond the realm of possibility for all of us to do the same thing. To be so in love with Krishna that Krishna himself actually appears and gives us what we need. We know that he's already doing that now, right? Everyone understands, you know, the grains come, they nourish us, the fruits grow because of rain, right? <clears throat> if it doesn't rain, this world is over, right? Because we can't produce foods to eat. Grains, nuts, beans, and fruit come. And why does it rain? The demigods are pleased? Yeah, but actually Krishna has to be pleased by our sacrifice. And particularly, Prabhupada says, the Sankirtan Yagya sacrifice. By doing, by chanting Hare Krishna, by by performing all of the activities of the Hare Krishna movement, that's pleasing to Krishna. And Prabhupada said if we do that, 
the whole world can become like it was during the time of Ram, right? There was no disease. There was no pestilence. There was no problems. There was plentiful everything. The world's ready to open up and give us everything we need if we can do everything for Krishna, if we can live uh, a Krishna-conscious life and uh, perform sankirtan of the holy name, always, always, always having the holy name on our, our lips and Krishna in our mind, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So I went a little bit over. Um, so, yeah, we'll open it. Any comments or questions? The mic's behind. I think it's right behind you, Shakshi. Yeah. It wasn't working so well before, but maybe it is now. Thank you. Right, yeah. Right, yeah, the devotees got credit. Yes, Mother Nandini is reminding us, uh, we were very fortunate, we got to take a trip to Fiji with Tamal Krishna Goswami. And Tamal Krishna Maharaj brought some of his god-brothers who were really amazing kirtaniers. Vakresh Varapandit, Urjaswat Prabhu, Chaitanya Chandra Prabhu, and some others. With the express purpose, he wanted them to do kirtan and show the devotees in Fiji you know, their, their special kirtan. It was very, very powerful kirtan and it would have everybody dancing and, and their voices were just booming and their murdanga playing was in sync and amazing. And they, uh, Vakreshwara Pandit Prabhu had these whompers. He would play this amazing rhythm, you know, it was just incredible. They would do that here every Sunday for many years. And so, Tamakrishmaraj, we all went to, Fiji, and they were having a drought. Fiji was having drought. And so we did kirtan there, and it rained. They got rain. So the newspapers gave, gave some mention that. And, and it, that was part of the reason we were doing, uh, the, the Harinam outside. We went and did a lot of Harinams in different places outside in Fiji. And so, um, to show the, the Fiji, Fijian people, to show, that part of the world, what Sankirtan was, what Harinam was. And the result was they got rain because Krishna is pleased, right? Krishna is pleased by our efforts, you know. And so uh, thank you, Mother Nandini, for pointing that out. Any other comments, questions? Anybody? Thank you all for being here. It's so nice to have a nice audience like you all are and very attentive. And I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, just a neophyte. I, I shouldn't be here talking all the time. Shakshi should give class. Nico Prabhu should give class. Prabhu can give class. Prabhu can give class. Please, uh, think about it. Giving class. You know, we need de devotees to give class. And so, uh, it's nice because you, you, uh, giving class, you know, it, 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 it forces you you know, to think about it and talk about it. Because I get too easily, 
you know, distracted, you know, in the outside world. I have a family and a, and a job. And it's, you can spend 100% of your time just worrying about those things, right? So thank goodness the temple's here, right? Because it, it forces you to be Christian conscious. Even if you just walk over, so just come for five minutes a day, two hours a day. Just come. Just come and be in this room. Tamal Krishna Maharaj designed this temple room so that you have to think of Krishna, right? Because on every single wall is Krishna. And on the altar is Krishna presented in the most unbelievable way you can imagine. I, there's not many temples in the world that have a Shringasan period, right? Much less one this beautiful. This is a beautiful Shringasan. I mean, it's unbelievable, you know? And it's like a little, it's just a, it, it's a portal, right? You go through the different levels to get to the inner sanctum, right? But as you go through the front door and you come through this door and you get close and you go through there, you go up on the altar, you're in the spiritual world. <laughs> Can you imagine all the distance that it takes to get to Vaikuntha from where we are now? You know how big the universe is and how many coverings there are in the universe? There's, there's billions and billions of miles, right, of fire and earth and water. Those are the coverings of the material universe, right? You got to go through all that <laughs> just to get to the spiritual world, right? And you can do that just by going through that door or this door and coming through these doors and walking in here. Boom, you're in the spiritual world. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and you look at this room, how it's designed, you know? So um, thanks for coming and please come again and please think about giving class. If anybody asks you to give class, say yes. <laughs> Because you have realizations that we want to hear. Every single devotee has realized special things about Krishna that are unique for you. And they're your jewels. They're jewels of, they're jewel-like realizations. Prabhu's here. He's got so many jewel-like realizations of Krishna consciousness. It's unbelievable. And when you talk to the devotees and they share, they give you these jewel-like realizations and they when you hear them from the devotee like you get that polished beautiful realization from them and you can you it goes in your mind and you can utilize it to help yourself but you didn't have to go through it the same difficulties they went through to get it you know what i mean it's like you get the benefit of their understanding because they've done so much in Krishna consciousness, right? I don't have much to share. I try to share what I can, you know. But if you listen to Prabhupada, you listen to Prabhupada's devotees, his disciples, especially that remembrance series, right? Where the devotees give, give, uh, remembrances of Srila Prabhupada. They give the most beautiful jewel-like realizations. And that helps you so much in Krishna consciousness. So much to be Krishna conscious, and so much to continue in Krishna consciousness. So, thank you all very much. Srila Prabhupada ki, Srimad Bhagavatam ki.